0: Welcome to Sheesh Fit, a celebration of good health and an examination of holistic fitness. I'm your host, Ashish Thomas. Weightlifting belts have been used informally for centuries, but the modern version began to take shape in the 19th century. Initially, these belts were basic leather straps that lifters would use to support their backs during heavy lifts. Today, there is a wide variety of belts for different athletes and there have been many advancements in weightlifting belt technology. Belts, as we all know, are a common place in the gym, but not all of us may know why they're used and when we should use them. And to understand that, we first need to understand breathing and bracing. Breathing and bracing is crucial to optimizing strength and stability during the heavy lifts like squats and deadlifts. By not doing it, you're making yourself susceptible to injury as well as lackluster performance. A common analogy when it comes to breathing and bracing is having a filled can versus having an empty can. If you put weight on top of an empty can, it'll crumble. To have a filled can, you have to have pressure in the core. This is called intra-abdominal cavity pressure. What a weightlifting belt does is provide an additional layer to give even more support and stability. It'll enable us to maintain postures during the heavy lifts, which of course improves our performance and protects our back. Now that brings the question of how to create intra-abdominal pressure and complement breathing and bracing with a belt. The key is to breathe into your diaphragm your abdomen should expand outward when you do this then you contract your abdomen breathing and bracing involves a modified version of the valsalva maneuver but you're not holding your breath the whole rep what you're doing is letting some air in or out accordingly throughout the movement now practicing breathing and bracing without a belt is important for beginners Beltless training makes it very difficult to lift heavy loads without a good brace. So, training without a belt is a fantastic opportunity to gauge and improve your bracing technique. After you perfect that, you can think about purchasing a belt, which could contribute to even faster results. Now, belts shouldn't be too loose, but I actually find that most people make the mistake of wearing them too tight. They should be just tight enough to be able to fit a finger in between, and you'll know if it's too loose if it's moving while you deadlift or squat. By the way, if you are having trouble getting into position for a deadlift, try loosening up the belt. Oftentimes a tight belt can restrict you from getting into position. Now, For most people, the belt should be placed in the middle of the lower back. This would be right above the belly button. However, I should note that some people do wear them higher or lower. That's just really based on comfort. So you should adjust based on how it feels. Keep in mind that belts are worn when training at a high intensity and when users are seeking to progress in strength or power. Now, they don't necessarily have to be worn at all, but they're most applicable when you're trying to make gains. I will say that there's not really a need to wear them for isolation training. I know that there are bodybuilders that have belts on for the entirety of workouts, but belts are most important for deadlifts, squats, and pressing overhead. But I wanna emphasize that you don't have to wear belts. Most people think that belts are necessary to avoid injury, but you can certainly prevent injury and get strong without a belt. It could probably even help to not wear a belt because they often give you a false sense of security and may encourage you to lift weights that are too heavy. That being said, for many people, the lifts that involve belts are often cornerstones of their routine. So belts definitely have a place in most gym bags. But the type of belt that a lifter uses will depend on their goals as well as their needs. Taller and bigger individuals should opt for wider belts, while shorter and smaller lifters should go for belts that are less wide. Belts also vary in thickness. A thicker belt from 10 to 13 millimeters restricts movement, but offers greater stability. So thicker belts are best for powerlifting and strength training. You can go with thinner belts if you're doing weightlifting or any form of resistance training that requires a lot of movement. The materials also make a huge difference. The classic leather belt is rigid and often used for heavy lifting. On the other hand, nylon offers more range of motion. Oftentimes people associate nylon with lower quality, but there are plenty of nylon belts where the Velcro doesn't rip off. Still, the leather belts can last up to a lifetime, while nylon belts will probably only last for a few years. Choosing between a lever and prong belt it's just based on preference. A prong belt is more common but you can get a lever belt on faster. The problem with the lever belt is that you can't adjust the tightness from lift to lift without a screwdriver. So I personally don't see the point in using a lever belt. But overall a good quality nylon or leather belt with a prong would work for most people. The most important takeaway from this is that Whether or not you use a belt, you must breathe and brace properly for heavy lifts. Wearing a belt won't protect you if you don't do that. Maintaining rigidity and intra-abdominal cavity pressure is what will keep your spine stable and prevent injury. But adding a belt can be good for improving performance.